0: Welcome to Cinebabble episode 79. I am your host, Ken. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, he who has invented revolutionary AI system, Clint GPT. Uh, Welcome, Clint Jones. Uh, How is the world of AI treating uh, humanity?
1: I mean, you got, you need to tell me. I mean, I'm the one just providing it. How do you guys like it?
0: I used to think that talent rested on actual artistry. But now, the other day, I was just like, you know what? I want to write a Lovecraftian novel. Let's see what Clint GPT can put up for me here. <laughs> and uh, it it put out one of the most uh, twisted and uh, disgusting things I've ever read. It's highly and sexualized. It, it really was. I wasn't anticipating it, and I, I wasn't anticipating what an AI model based on the interiors of your mind would actually produce. I mean, it's no holds bar, man. It's you a little gotta scary just be in expecting there. anything. It's a little scarier in there. And I thought, okay, well this is because I've asked it to, you know, write a, a Lovecraftian style, mm-hmm. you know, horror novel yeah. and, you know, that can get pretty intense and, you know, I, I get it. Maybe there's some Geiger thrown in there. So, I just decided to have Clint GPT write me a, a grocery list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, what came out of it was filth. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, you put in, I want a cookbook, vegetarian, you're going to get something dirty. You can (laughs) do a lot of things with a carrot. I think you need to put some more work into your revolutionary
0: AI system. Well, from my uh,
1: uh, metrics, it seems like this is what most of society wants. So, okay. okay. That makes sense. That would
0: explain ClintHub.com. So, yes. Uh, Anyway, Clint. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just (laughs) filthy. Just filthy filth just <laughs> pure elderly filth Clint what you watch about? Watching, watching about
1: Elderly like an old person or like elders, <laughs> elder filth Elder filth okay. okay yeah Clint what are you watching Oh uh, man um the first thing I watched is, I there's a new series on Netflix called Beef, and I watched all
0: of that. I've heard a lot about this. Um,
1: it's got Steven Yun and uh, Ali Wong, mm-hmm. um, and it's created by uh, Lee Sung Jin, who I'm not familiar with, but uh, man, this series was great. Really? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It taps into a lot of different things, like... Just character-wise, it's very, like, character-centric, and it's just about the feud between these two characters that escalates over time. It, like, starts off with she just cuts him off at—he's she's at a, like, parking lot Mm -hmm. backing up, and she, like, cuts him off and then, like, flips him off and stuff. And, like, so it just turns into this road rage incident that slowly, like, just comes very personal over time. Does it remain realistic? Is it more surrealism uh, it it become it's very uh, realistic. Okay. Like it doesn't get into the surreal, like it gets into just like interpersonal dynamics okay. between like loved ones. And like, it's about him and his brother and, um, him and, uh, Ali, uh, Wong's character and her husband and their dynamic and just the intermingling of all of them. And there's some really very, like, just, they nail certain aspects because, um, when uh Stephen Young was growing up, who plays Danny Cho in the show, he grew up in the church. Yeah. And so there's a there's a sequence where he goes, he's invited back to this church and he goes and it's it's nails it perfectly like the church <laughs> atmosphere mm-hmm. of like what we grew up in. Yeah. Like it's like a small church and it like it, it, it nails it, and like he becomes part of the the praise and worship team, and it <laughs> nails that exactly. Okay. And it's like like these people have gone to church, or like
0: have <laughs> these been. These people have been through. Have it. been.
1: They've seen. Experienced things. this because it's just so <laughs> naturalistic, yep. and there's just a lot of things like that. It just feels natural, but it goes. I mean, it, I'm not saying it gets surreal, but it's just like it feels. Heightened in this artistic way, mm-hmm. okay. um, I really enjoyed it. Um, is it all available right now? Yeah, it's or? a Netflix series. Okay, so, is yeah. it a,
0: a limited series or is it a season one kind of thing? Or can you not uh, tell at this point?
1: I think there. It seems open up, open to a second season, okay. like how it ends. But also, if they didn't, it's perfectly fine. Okay, um, but I highly
0: recommend it. Okay. Well, the first thing I watched this week, I actually had to go and dig and uh, dig up and try to find. Uh, Because it was surprisingly difficult to track down. But it was this horror movie from 93. Hmm. And I remember watching it on cable. It was one of those things that either Showtime or HBO or something had picked up. I watched it. Uh, in in early high school when it first hit video or whatever. And I remember it really freaking me out. Mm -hmm. And this week, uh, we just happened to uh, have three movies about doppelgangers or people that have doubles. Yeah. So I went back and I watched 1993's Doppelganger, uh, which I don't know if you've ever heard of this. No, I haven't. Uh, To my surprise, it stars Drew Barrymore. Oh. Uh, So, you know, I start watching this thing and I was like, oh, oh, that's – these are famous people. <laughs> it's like Drew Barrymore and George Newbern and all these people that are that are character actors or famous people that you would recognize. Mm-hmm. It's basically about this woman who moves cross country and starts to suspect that an evil version of her has followed her and is uh, you know just up to no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember really thinking this was a slick Cronenbergian type of film. Yeah, when I watched it early in life. It is not Hmm. at all. (laughs) Um, It has one great really kind of body horror practical effects sequence that sticks out. But even that in my memory, it was so much more effective. Than the what can only be described as poor man's puppetry <laughs> uh, occurs in this movie, and so then I I looked it up, and sure enough, it's got a, a whopping four point three on IMDb, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 not a beloved movie, hmm. and so it was it was quite the disappointing experience because yeah. I really thought, oh, I'm digging up a gym. Mm-hmm. and uh, no, no, so I would not encourage you. To, uh, you know Go down the rabbit hole of trying to find this thing Online, you can find it on Tubi That's, okay. that's what yeah. I had to download to find mm-hmm. This thing, because it wasn't streaming anywhere else That I could find, and uh, No, wasn't worth all the work, and uh, But yeah, that's a That's a that's, that's Post-ET Drew Barrymore right there <laughs> What else are you watching, Clint?
1: Thank you for doing that work for me, so you're, I don't have to You're most welcome I appreciate that The more you know <laughs> Um, the next thing I watched was this little indie, um, it's not sci-fi in like the strictest sense. It's, um, it's called Viking and this came out 2022. It's like a French Canadian, um, little, like, uh, it's an indie, indie, uh, kind of dark comedy in a way. Um, and this is about, um, there's going to be a manned mission to mars okay and so do you know like when they do those um kind of out in the desert they'll do these like trial like people who will submit themselves uh, to yes. like live in like they're going yep. to be going on a space just mission so they
0: can get used to what it will be like yeah or, or, or just like planning for right. the
1: future on like uh, testing out equipment and things yep. so this is that where they there's a manned mission and The mission is on its way to Mars, and this is a group who are um, recruited to kind of, like, troubleshoot interpersonal dynamics on the mission. So they go through and, like, recruit people who are very personality-wise and, like, emotionally similar Two people on the trip. Okay, and so like there, the so like even there's um, certain characters who are actually like men on the trip who are played by women and mm-hmm. vice versa because mm-hmm. just emotionally and mentally they're very similar. So they're like so if a di- certain dynamic starts happening on the trip like between two characters they'll reenact it on the on earth mm-hmm. in this setting to try to troubleshoot like oh well, this might happen that might mm-hmm. happen and it it's kind of just about the conflicts between people in this like space travel okay. setting uh, but it's set here on earth it's 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 pretty fun and um i uh i actually really enjoyed it okay it has a really interesting tone to it um it's like it's almost in that um vein of your ghost, like the lobster or something, where it's just kind of like heightened reality. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a kind of that sensibility of um, deadpan to it. Um, there's a really great score by this um, band called Organ Mood, who I I was not familiar with. They're a like French Canadian band. Organ Mood. Organ Mood. Okay. And the score was great, so I looked up their albums, and the albums are fantastic too. Um, and uh,
0: I actually picked up one of them on vinyl. I'm um, really, I'm really just hearing emo as perceived through. Uh, you know, old church organy kind of.
1: <laughs> no, it's like electronic instrumental okay. stuff. Um, it, I think you would enjoy it. Okay. It's it's very cool. Um, but it's it's a good movie. It, okay. I I like the dynamics. There there's some really interesting things that happen that heighten the tension between the characters and one. Characters going for power grabs and uh, characters being promised things that really they shouldn't be promised. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good movie, and I, I was it was one of those risky ones where the trailer was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could throw the $5 down for this, and it could be risky like that um, one I did the other
0: week. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it paid off, and I, en- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. Uh, I have been watching season four of – and normally I'd wait till the end of the season. Uh, but I've been watching season four of Succession. Hmm. And I, I believe this is not a series that you have watched, correct? I started it. I did not enjoy it. I, I thought that was the case. Yeah. Uh. And and I had the same experience, but I powered through, and I, I came to enjoy the series. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, I, I was, I, I recognized how good it was. Yeah. But I wasn't entirely on board because I had a very difficult time finding someone to, to kind of attach. It yeah. To. So season four began. Uh, Episode three of season four, uh, which aired, I guess, a week and a half ago now because they just aired episode four. Uh, Episode three is easily one of the best hours of television I've Mm. ever seen. Uh, And it made my entire journey with this show worth it for Mm. that episode alone because it suddenly made sense – where they've been going the whole time. Oh, okay. Because it felt very, especially over the course of three seasons, you're just watching awful people be awful. Yeah. And backstabbers stab each other in the mm-hmm. back. And it it didn't it didn't occur to me that it had the level of end game that they that, that they really pull off very early in mm. this season. It's its last season. So I do want to kind of hold off on really pushing you to to give it another try and oh, I see not going how this oh, you're just not going to. No, I, so, just, uh, I I'm just
1: like certainly not interested in seeing uh power hungry people okay. just be awful to each other. Okay. I, I'm not interested. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's
0: okay. That's just, you know, fine. Just dismiss art. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, but I, I I would have totally agreed with you until this season. This yeah. season is a, a different beast. It's the same show. But you can just tell they're in their last season, and they have arrived at where they've wanted to get to. Mm. Uh, And so if, unlike Clint, you already haven't passed judgment and you want to give this show a try, give it a shot and uh, just kind of power through because, man, this thing gets good.
1: I know everyone loves it, and it's just I cannot stand that – like, seeing that kind of person. It's very
0: difficult, and and, every character is that kind of person. There is no – Bastion of relief in this thing, and I mean it's it's the same as Arrested Development, but Arrested Development is at least delightful and funny. And, oh yeah, and you know you all have these Michael things... at the
1: center of it, who yeah. you actually kind of
0: are yeah. on board with, even when he's a jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this one, oh, this one's tough, uh, and it's just you know dramatic. So there's yeah. not even something to enjoy. Uh, but side note, did you realize Barry is back? I I knew it's back, but okay. I have not watched any yet. Watch it, yeah, uh, because. <laughs> It's only two episodes in yeah, very different tone than what they've done before mm. but really interesting mm-hmm. still funny uh at times, but very dark and weird at times mm-hmm. and so i'm I'm curious uh how you feel after after the first two episodes because <laughs> i'm I'm a hundred percent digging it.
1: I'm sure I will. I, it's one that Jenny and I watch together, okay. so I'm waiting for her okay. to get into it again. But
0: right. hey, I'm looking forward to it. Right. Do you have anything else on your list or is that it I, for you?
1: Well, uh, quickly, I watched this documentary called Meet Me in the Bathroom, mm. which um, is on Showtime currently. And it's uh, directed by Will Lo- Will Lovelace and Dylan Southern. And it's about the um, rock scene in the um, early 2000s mm-hmm. and like follows like the strokes and the yeah, 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 and mm-hmm. LCD sound system. Um, and it, it was, and at the time, like I was really, I liked the strokes at the time and mm-hmm. like um, was mildly interested. Like there were so- certain songs by the yeah, yeah, Yes, but I was really into the LCD sound system and still mm-hmm. really enjoy them. So that was my draw to watching this. And it's really interesting watching that time period kind of being. Uh, glorified as this, like, golden age of rock music. Mm-hmm. And and I can um, I can see that, like, especially because there was kind of this su- sudden burst after The Strokes started and, like, all these bands came out. But still, it's just, like, thinking back on that time because it doesn't seem that long ago, but mm-hmm. it is. Um, the most interesting part was, like, it being framed against 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I wish they kind of went into that more and how, like, it... Um, kind of reflected in what they were doing artistically mm-hmm. but um I feel like it was kind of it was it was good but it was stretched kind of thin like they did I wish it was almost like a series in that each episode was about a different band at that mm-hmm. time and I think that would have been a little bit more um, I don't know it would have given you more depth to each gotcha. individual band because they really cram a lot mm-hmm. into the what our hour and a half that yeah. it is and i wish i don't know there was a little bit more to it but it was it's worth watching mm-hmm.
0: if you're into that kind of music or that time period in music uh it's 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 an it's a interesting watch there's a documentary that popped up on amazon that i want to check out And the only reason i've been avoiding it the last week is because it's only 62 minutes oh yeah uh, but it's called kubrick on kubrick oh i've seen that and on there yeah is but have you watched no, it no 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 Okay, it's the either, same reason it's... you haven't watched yeah, it, it just <laughs> it seems like You know, if it was a a two, three-hour thing, I would have watched it right away. It's basically archival interviews. And it's it's entirely comprised of archival interviews and and his personal recordings uh, describing certain films set to photography and things that he took. So it's very much Mm -hmm. Kubrick, you know, posthumously narrating Kubrick's life. But I can't get past... That it's sixty two minutes because he's such a prolific filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I just is it it just it sends off that PBS special kind of vibe in my head just from the time and I need to watch it but it just uh there, there's so much about him and I know that that he was a voracious reader and he was constantly making recordings and taking notes mm-hmm. and it just seems like you could put together. Just with the common things that I've seen before, way more than an hour documentary.
1: I sometimes have that um, kind of hang up on most documentaries mm-hmm. that, or even movies. Like if it's like an hour, mm-hmm. that's kind of a weird cutoff point me, for me where like it almost feels like it wasn't enough to make it a feature, but it also wasn't intended to be a short Yep. Like, I can see like even like a half hour, forty five minute, like fifteen minute. I'm like, oh, this was a short, intended to be a short. Yeah. But like an hour, it almost seems like oh, we ran out of material. Yeah. Um. Even though I'm sh- that's for the most part, I'm sure that's not the case. Yeah. And there's plenty of really great like PBS like documentary things out there. Yeah. Um. But it's just something in my head that I need to get over.
0: <laughs> well, we got an email this week. And uh, this email- Is it from Matt? No, it is not from Matt because <laughs> Matt only messages you even though now that I've apologized, you know.
1: I was afraid that he Matt like found some like hang up with something I said and he's now messaging you. Uh, that would be amazing.
0: <laughs> Matt, get on that. Uh, no, this is from Jeff, even though it's spelled with a, a G. So I never know if it's Jeff or Joff or, mm-hmm. or how you're supposed to do that. But it's it's Jeff from Tulsa. And he says, I'm really tired of hearing people complain about Star Wars, especially the Mandalorian. (laughs) It's fun Get over it It's supposed to be fun And then Jeff puts dot, dot, dot is the kind of email I would have written before The Mandalorian Season (laughs) 3. What a hot mess. Thank you guys for tearing it to shreds. I'm still hanging on to watch the finale, but really curious what you guys think of the the last two episodes. Well, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) So let's have a little bit of a a Jeff dedicated Mandalorian minute. (laughs)
1: Mandalorian.
0: So, Clint, uh, we we're not enjoying the Mandalorian mm-hmm. season three. I think that's a that's a fair statement. Yeah. Uh, but we said, okay, let's see uh, what the last two episodes bring. Uh, and uh, I, I will say right off the bat, the the last two episodes play like one very uh, larger budget movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of climactic things, lots of battles, lots of. Uh, just like oh okay they have something they want to do. Clint, what'd you think of uh, the last two episodes of The Mandalorian season 3?
1: Well, last we spoke, I hadn't seen the previous episode that That's you right. had talked about that I was like, so you were excited. hinting at.
0: Well, let's take a step yeah. back in time and talk about that episode because <laughs> I think I declared it the most video gamey episode of of like it's more video gamey than a video game. Yeah, yeah. What what was your what was your impression of it? It was exactly what you oh. said. Um, I just want to make sure I wasn't being too critical.
1: No, no, it was. It was and it was just pointless. Like one of those episodes where you, they're just like dragging them th- one from one point to the next mm-hmm. to get a thing, to get another thing, to do a thing that's like should have like she just wants to go and talk to these people. <laughs> she just wants to go recruit them. And then she's like they're like recruited to be these like detectives, like to, to solve this crime
0: that's happening. And like Clint by text pointed out <laughs> to me something even I had missed because I had hated that episode so much. Yeah. At the end of it all, they receive a key, a, a giant key, <laughs> a giant like key. <laughs> like it's an RPG, <laughs> or like
1: yeah, it's Mario Brothers, and you can unlock the and you nope. and you kind of are and they get it from a king and queen, yeah, and yeah. they get and then Go Grogu comes back with them, like yeah. they like
0: rescue him, like he's like after he, after he helps the queen play a little bocce ball, yeah, yeah, and he's knighted, yeah, basically knighted. Which makes him Sir Grogu. Yeah. Uh so uh spoilers ahead, let's get to this finale.
1: Well, I actually I that episode I kind of like the setting of that city. Like I, like mm-hmm. I felt like no, that was you. when they try to do very like like kind of like pomp and circumstance or like the royal out royal royals of like the Star Wars mm-hmm. world. I, I actually kind of like that mm-hmm. kingdom and the look of it. Um, but, but they didn't really spend any time with it. Yeah. They were kind of stuck in the lower regions,
0: like talking to droids and kicking stuff. Droids. Kicking Korn, droids. Kicking droids. Kicking droids. <laughs> I couldn't believe that their their uh, our main character's genius idea for finding a malfunctioning droid was just kicking each one. And he only kicked three <laughs> out of hundreds. And the third one happened to be... Oh, right. He's, like, pushing and kicking it over yeah, to see which yeah. one, like— So if you ever want to know if your toaster's malfunctioning, bully it. Oh, my—and they're, like, <laughs> taking, like, blood samples from mm-hmm. the robot. There's so much silly stuff. The robot bar? The robot bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which honestly, could have been fun. Yeah. Uh, but just— uh, you know, whatever, but 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 the finale, climax, the finale. Let's so, get to the finale because everything was fixed in the finale, right? Okay, so I, let's. <laughs> I honestly cannot remember the second to last episode. The second to last episode is the one where they get to Mandalore, right? And everything blows oh, up. Oh, right, right, right. They it's a trap, out, basically. It's a, it's a
1: trap. Right. Yeah. The, oh, okay, I was going to say I. The only I and could, Grogu gets a. Wait, wait, one second. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to spoil I'm, something. I'm, so if you haven't seen right. this, I'm sorry. Spoilers ahead. This is what I was going to say. I was going to say that I can't remember a single thing because (laughs) the silliest, best thing that this series has done happens. Not best
0: sarcastically. No. I I seriously loved this moment. I laughed out loud. Me
1: too. Genuinely. And a better show would have done something even better with this. But basically... (laughs) um. Oh, what's the robot's name?
0: Uh, uh, Ig eleven. Yeah.
1: Eleven. Yeah, I've been trying to memorize that, that. Died
0: at the end of season one. Yeah, yeah. Who sacrifices himself. himself? So this whole series, the
1: season, they've been trying to like resurrect him and like get him back into the mix and like. They brought him back, and then he was back to his homicidal ways, and then, like, they're working on him some more. So they finally bring him back, and you see him walk in, but then they pan down, (laughs) and there's one of those little guys (laughs) piloting him, like a little mech suit. Yup. And I'm first like, okay. Then it dawns on me, oh, Uh Grogu is going in the chest of this thing. (laughs) Yup. So the little guy climbs out, and he climbs in, and there's a yes/no button. <laughs> he hits yes/no. He's hitting talking, and, and then he's like piling the thing around, and like, and he's just yep. knocking stuff over. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like the perfect amount of silly, and like yep. this, like the what they could have done with
0: that. Yeah. And was that's like, when it's hitting the fun tone that I yeah, like. Yeah. That it, it's not that I need everything to be and or or drama. I uh, like go silly, but but it needs to be good, silly. It needs to be inventive, silly. It needs to yes, be something had I a, enjoy watching. Somebody had to strike a genius, a stroke of genius, yeah. of genius yeah. when they thought of that idea. Yeah. Oh, even when he's walking through the the streets, just going, yes, yes, and yes, stealing stuff. Yes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like so. And like like Mando is like having to like pay for things, yep. and he's just so put off by having to deal with him in this like new state. Yeah, uh, that was so good, and that's all I could think about, and I was just like. I do I love this show now? Like, that's what I kept thinking to myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I love this show.
0: But then it goes back into yeah. its yeah. old ways. And like, it's just... And the whole time, he's just in the background in this thing. Yeah. Even in the finale, uh, there's one action beat that he gets, which I feel like the entire mechanical body was just so he could have a moment to save Din Djarin. That's yeah. it. And it yeah. wasn't even that dramatic no. of a moment. After the second to last episode ends on this giant cliffhanger of of Mando being dragged away, suddenly we cut to just two dopey guards taking him down a hallway and he does a little kung fu and Grogu appears as if from nowhere to save him and oh, okay, he's free again.
1: Yeah, it was really what? out of nowhere he pops up, yeah. especially I, how like shut off they kind of were. Yeah.
0: But yeah. yeah, they don't do anything
1: that particularly interesting with that, but um anyway, getting to the finale like I actually kind of enjoyed the finale.
0: Like uh, I just thought compared to the all the other earlier episodes of of season 3. Yeah, 30.
1: but the, my thing was like I had a hard time caring about any of it yeah. because I everything that came before. Yeah. Like there were some actually legitimately good action beats in this episode. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the sequences I thought was fantastic was where he um, is trying to get to this certain like the control room or something with the red the energy red, doors, and he's getting them shut off yep. one at a time so he can take on the just, the, the troopers. Yep, keeps kind of upgrading what he's yeah, getting yeah. as
0: he goes. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he and he'll lose it, and then he has yeah. got to get it back again. And he's like, I thought that sequence was fantastic.
0: Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun too. It was fun. It was it was tense. Yeah. Um, you know things kept going wrong right uh, it was it, it looked it really cool. good
1: yeah. i um like that and that was a sequence where like i feel like for the like a lot of the series, they keep saying how like great or like great mando is like com- at combat and mm-hmm. like his skills and look but I feel like he's always just like. The low man down, like, getting knocked down. He's lost his weapons. He's getting beat up. Someone else has to come in and save him. Relying on bulletproof armor. He's like, and he's just. A lot. Yeah, or somebody has to come in and save him from something. And, like, this was a sequence where, okay, I can understand that now. I can see where, okay, he actually has skills. Yeah. But, like, up to that point, it was almost like I can, I don't even believe this guy is a skilled bounty hunter. Yeah. And then that that kind of showed it. But there's some fine sequences Mm -hmm. in it. But it was just everything that came before really like left a bad taste in my mouth. The
0: the second to last episode for me really felt like it was building towards something. Yeah, and then the finale it was good. It was yeah. just sort of a a very quaint wrap up of everything in the way you would expect. Right. Uh, there was no you know twist or backstab or yeah. or traitor revealed or anything. It really felt like towards the end of that second to last episode. The next episode is going to be a rough finale. Right. But it was very cookie cutter. I will say, um, honestly, they could end the series
1: with that last shot. Seriously. Like that yeah. seems like a bow tied around this whole yep. thing. And you could just step away from it. Yep. Like, okay, they got happily ever after. He's going to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. He's going to be a sidekick. Cool.
0: Well, and that's, I wonder if there's going to be a season four or if just now he can pop up in other shows. Right. Just as a, you know, uh, these two characters that just sort of go on adventures together. Is there um, not talk of another series? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I am very, very happy. One thing I predicted did not happen. <laughs> and man, was the setup I there. was waiting for it. Because, oh, he can't be your apprentice. Yeah. Because he can't say the words. Yeah. I'm like, here it is. I know. Here it is. Yeah. Uh, this little thing is about to say this is the way or whatever. Right. Or even scarier i thought is he, is this, is grogu going to do the whole creed is he just going to start you know repeating verbatim <laughs> in a really deep uh, voice yeah yeah uh but they did not do that and i was so glad to be wrong about that uh because that just i'm sure there's a way to do it and eventually they have to have that character talk i get it but ugh, I, I was i was glad to be wrong on that i i mean i this him in uh,
1: ig11 like I like that it made him more mobile yeah. and kind of a part of – like, you didn't have to – he wasn't just this little thing yeah. bouncing around. And they took that
0: away so quickly. Yep. Well, uh, and especially when then he had a, a showdown yeah. with the the Praetorian guards. Yeah. And he's just clumsily hopping. Yeah. And it just – that could have been a really cool Him fight. in the suit. Him also in the doing suit. doing force stuff. Yep. And if you're going to destroy the suit, fine. But have the suit getting destroyed – by those three guards in in a fight where he's legitimately holding his own, holding his yeah, own. Yeah. Um, because then even the force stuff, he just kept shoving people's weapons away. Yeah, just that's, that's it. Yeah, like two seasons ago or one season ago, he's full on, you know, force hypnotizing a giant rancor and right. That, that it just was seemed a, like they made him so much more powerful than he was at this point. They
1: also. It was very uneven in this episode how they did, because most of the time he is pushing away weapons or giving them like yeah. something, like, you know, giving Mando like something he needs by doing yeah. it. But then, like, that a- last sequence, he's yeah. holding off a giant wall of fire. Yeah. Like,
0: there, there's even that, I felt like it should have felt like something more. It was, it was a cool moment and a cool image. Yeah. But it, it again, like you said, I didn't. I didn't have a ton of investment in things. yeah, um, You know, and and it just – even even those moments that were designed to make me feel, oh, yeah. Right. Didn't bring the "Oh yeah. No, just, no, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> enjoy that episode of Mandalorian Minute dedicated just to you and all the Jeffs out there whose names start with G instead of J. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the movies that we're here to talk about – uh, please, if you would, uh, if you listen to us and if you enjoy us, uh, go to SoundCloud or Apple or wherever. Leave us a review. Yeah. Uh, we we have discovered this thing where uh, there were there were a few people who did reviews for us way back when we started this podcast, but I haven't seen a review pop up in forever. And just like not even a, a, a negative one. Mm-hmm. Just like somebody's got to love or hate us somewhere. So. Uh take three seconds, throw us uh uh you know, if you enjoy us, throw us a five star review, write a couple of words, even if it's clap, clap, I like monkey boys, that's fine, <laughs> as long as the stars are five stars, uh and then you know, grab your wife's phone and leave us a review on your wife's phone and then your teens phone and You're, leave us a review on your teens steal phone. still your too. parents' phone, yeah, you can just this down thing the line yeah. we 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 just throw ourselves out there, we dress up, we do the dance. Uh, you know, take take three and a half seconds and reward us with a little uh, you know, just bell. Yeah, you I mean you don't have to write is. English words. Just no, stars would be great. Not. And
1: like a string of letters. Yeah. That's yeah, all you need.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, don't don't be a jerk, men for men, uh, wherever <laughs> you are. Uh, but, you know, anybody else, just uh, throw us a review. It always helps other people to find us. And uh, it just, you know, it, it pats us on the head while rubbing our bellies. We just, we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Today, we are talking about three movies, and uh, they are all doppelganger movies. Uh, the first one is... Do new. we need a clever name for this one because it's all doppel, doppelgangers? Doppel, doppel, I don't um, know. Maybe we should have thought of that ahead of time. Uh, oh, I have something Dop- doppel bab- babble, doppel babble, <laughs> doppel babble, <laughs> doppel babble. That's really hard to say, actually, doppel babble. <laughs> it sounds hyper German, doppel babble. Uh, but no, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, a new film that just came out that stars uh, Jim Gaffigan called uh, Linoleum. Uh, we are talking about uh, Enemy, which is a classic doppelganger film from uh, Denis Villeneuve correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. You looked at me as if I was incorrect. I'm still thinking of names. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then Sinatron pick Duel uh, from director Riley Stearns. Uh, so let's start with linoleum. Uh, you may not have heard of linoleum. You can find it on Amazon right now uh, to rent. It's on Apple too. Uh, oh, is it on Apple? Yep. Was it free on Apple? I rented it on oh, Apple. Okay. Yeah. I paid six bucks for something that was free on Apple. No. All right, so uh, this is about Cameron Edwin, the host of a failing TV science show in the vein of like a Mister Wizard or yeah, Bill Nye. A Bill Nye. Uh, it's it's a show for kids, and he's always had aspirations of being an astronaut or the young at heart. Yes. When a mysterious satellite coincidentally falls from space and lands in his backyard, his midlife crisis manifests into a plan to rebuild the machine into a rocket. But surreal events unfold. Clint, what did you think of linoleum? Well, I was on board from the start
1: just because Jim Gaffigan was involved. Love Jim Gaffigan. I love Jim Gaffigan. He's yeah. um, just a comedy icon. Mm-hmm. and a, oh, He's got a heart of gold. He really does. Yeah. He really does. Um so I, that was my endpoint, and the, there was a good trailer for this too. Yeah. Uh, there was some mysterious things going on, just like outside of the realm of this um, elder, this middle-aged man trying mm-hmm. to recapture his
0: life's dream of becoming an astronaut. There was just so there's I was, a very strange car accident at the beginning, yeah. And the person who uh, survives the car accident is this younger, better-looking, but different version of, yeah. of him, and okay. he keeps pointing it out to people, yeah. This guy looks just like me. But he also doesn't want to admit it to himself.
1: Yes. Like they'll say, "Yeah, he does." And he's like, "But not that much, right?" <laughs> and, and um so I I was really curious about this one. Like I was glad that mm-hmm. you were interested in watching it too. And I would say I really like this movie a lot. I it goes in a direction just from the trailer I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um I but they did a really good job of laying the the groundwork for mm-hmm. it throughout, where like early on, I'm like, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. There's something else happening
0: here. Um and well, and at first, without spoiling anything, I thought it it felt very inspired by Donnie Darko. I thought it was going in a very Donnie Darko oh, okay. kind of direction. Uh, but it 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 steers away from that too it's it's even then when I thought I was figuring it out yeah uh, it it was a a very different uh third act than what I was anticipating
1: yeah. well let's do a spoilers after we kind of <laughs> give a yeah for sure um, but i it really goes in this direction that i for just from like the trailers I wasn't expecting, and that was a really nice little mystery to mm-hmm. guide me through this and like ha- make my brain work a little harder than I was than I was expecting. But uh, just outside of that, I I actually really enjoyed all the characters mm-hmm. and thought they did a really good job of in and what a, a two hour movie balancing mm-hmm. between like um, Jim Gaffigan who plays Cameron and. Um, Rhea Rhea Seahorn plays Aaron uh,
0: his wife she's from Better Call Saul yeah
1: yeah and then uh, Caitlin Nakoon plays Nora his
0: daughter what else has she been in I have seen her somewhere I'm gonna look it up while you keep talking but she looks very familiar to me but they do a really great job at balancing
1: all these characters in this time frame and actually making you care about what they're going through at this kind of time in their lives yeah Um, and having it, I don't know, have um, weight within the world that we're being shown and like in what they're like inner, they're um, they're connected, how they're connected, yeah. like uh, yeah. char- their character wise. Um, another thing I really liked, I, the tone of this, and I thought the yeah. it was shot actually really beautifully and really kind of captured that kind of like, late 80s, early 90s kind of vibe. It kind, of, kind of feels out of time, but at the same time, it's definitely hinting at things that we're familiar with, like time frame-wise. And it
0: has this kind of indie, handcrafted sensibility to everything. Yeah. That's not just his show. It it bleeds into the rest of the production design.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it feels, I don't know, it feels very kind of natural mm-hmm. to what um, they've set up in in the like yeah. feeling that they're going for um yeah. it's it's i and i that i don't know the setting of just this small neighborhood felt very um kind of calming and relaxing it was very familiar yeah. in this way
0: um i don't know i what what do you think of this movie i i was smiling the whole time i yeah. i really enjoyed it just from a it's it's a very pleasant and accessible easy mm-hmm. to sink into kind of film and I, you know, even at the center of it, you have these two characters that are on the verge of divorce, but I liked both of mm-hmm. them. I didn't I didn't hate her because she was wanting to leave him. I could see the, the sadness of it and how yeah. it had come apart. It
1: almost felt like no, they didn't want to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, it was just like— They just didn't the, know what else to do. Right, for the— Betterment of them both yeah. like it seemed like it just needed to
0: yeah. happen i I like their daughter mm-hmm. uh i I like the the son of the uh the doppelganger yeah. that that gets introduced, and I was trying to figure that out the whole time um but I you know I enjoyed his character, and then there's just a lot of pairings mm-hmm. that happen throughout the film that they keep putting two characters together and each one has a different dynamic and when it was uh the son and the daughter it was a it was a really sweet uh kind like of coming, of age, coming of age romance. Coming-of-age yeah. romance kind of thing. Um, not that they're brother and sister. I said son-daughter, but <laughs> one is the son of one person, yeah, yeah, one's yeah. the daughter of another person. Uh, but that was really sweet. And then it would kind of shift to where he's uh, getting to know this boy, and they had a very different dynamic. Yeah. And the boy and his father had a very different dynamic. And I I just appreciated all of those different things simultaneously while I was trying to understand what it was doing Mm -hmm. and it's not some giant heady sci-fi kind of puzzle box mystery Mm -hmm. even the mystery and everything is is very sweet and and i felt like it was organic and i felt like it it pointed in in a natural direction which let's go to spoilers because that's that's the one place that i struggled um so spoilers watch linoleum it is i think worth watching um but when we get to the ending and the reveal uh the the one thing that bothered me is i felt like it suddenly did too much mm. uh whether it was uh the the car accident or uh you know the the father um the older father dying mm-hmm. or the, there were just different things that suddenly felt very um unnecessary mm. to the plot and uh almost trying to explain why there was a car wreck at the beginning and why would, you know, and I just, I felt that that sort of undermined its own, it, it does not ruin the film in any way. It just, there were elements where it was just like, you didn't need that. That, I, that was just kind of a step too much for me.
1: I don't agree really mm-hmm. at all. I I, I liked it because um, it was like these key moments in this man's life mm-hmm. that escalate to this point that, and it's basically him on his deathbed seeing his yeah. life flash before his eyes. And it's all these key moments.
0: And he has, you know, Alzheimer's or om- dementia. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not just someone dying, it's someone dying whose memories are fractured and blending and together. And these are the ones and, that
1: have stayed. Yeah. These are the key moments in yeah. his life that have stuck out. It's when yeah. he falls in love, it's when his father tries to kill him. Yeah. It's when, um, Like he, it's him and his wife reuniting basically, and like and finding their love again. Um, So I, I would feel like if you're going through, you have this mental decline, Mm -hmm. and but there's these key things sticking around, Mm -hmm. and you're on your deathbed. Like I think those
0: were the things you would think about. So that for me that worked really well. And it, it wasn't. I think what it was was the mechanics of it. It was the coming out of the party at the house across the street and the father. Driving towards them, and you know, I I liked what they were trying to accomplish. I just felt like it was. I I wish I had the words. Mm. It just it didn't. Everything else really clicked into place for me. Mm. But when they were trying to wrap everything up, I felt like they were they were one draft away from having a really kind of smooth uh, story of of his dad going a step too far and then deciding to turn away at the last second and.
1: I don't know um, how you would do that without giving away the know. impact of that. Yeah, though. I don't know. Like, I like that just sudden escalation of all these
0: key things coming together. And maybe it was just the blocking of it. And it's already an unreliable narration. So, but it was they're standing right in front of the house. Like, what was he going to do? You know, and I I think I was just thinking too much. I think I was being my dad. I was trying to logic, well, why would you drive your like if he was if the boy was walking the girl out to the sidewalk, and they were talking on the sidewalk, and the father was driving at him. That would make sense to me. But they're two steps off the front porch. And it just, again, I, that got stuck in my head. And I don't know <laughs> why, because 30 seconds later, there's a giant cardboard rocket in the street that's about well, to take off.
1: Also, if you're a man who's going to,
0: you want to kill your son, right? I don't think you're thinking it through that clearly. I, I don't understand, Clint. Every time I've plotted the murder of my son- I have drawings and schematics, and I, I really put work into it. Well and you guys have a different dynamic. <laughs> but it's in the process of plotting his murder that I realize, you know, I think you this turn is a away step too the far. Last second. I guess what I'm saying is, fathers of the world out there, if you're plotting to murder your children, plot harder because in the process of developing that murder, uh, you, you'll probably decide not to kill him. Well, yours isn't an act of passion. Like <laughs> it, it, yours is a methodical yeah, yeah. slave. I, I honestly, though, I think if I watch this again, which I will, I think it wouldn't bother me at all. I think it was because, okay, I'm trying to figure out the puzzle, I'm trying to get all the pieces. And so, it it what I perceived as not coming together as smoothly as I wanted it to probably is actually my brain yeah. dealing with expectations and things that it's. That it was going down the path of, and then it's having to let go. Mm-hmm. I suspect when I watch it again, I will have zero problem with it.
1: Well, I, I think they did a really great job of laying the breadcrumbs of where they were going mm-hmm. with it. And I loved how they basically nobody would say each other's names to yeah. each other. Like, so that was kind of like, okay, there's something else happening. And the thing that set me off on this path was, and I, at first I thought it was a hiccup or something it was this little son. Mm-hmm. I like, cause there's a scene at the beginning where it's a younger son. And then like a couple scenes later, it's an older son. So I was like, it, it, not too much older, but like, it yeah. almost felt like, oh, they did they have to recast or something. Yeah. And then, like, you start noticing, oh, every scene he's a different boy. Yeah. And so that made me start like really piecing together, and then like visiting his father, like, mm-hmm. quotes father in the the um,
0: retirement home, yeah,
1: care facility, and just certain things like the doctor
0: would say the conversations with the doctor. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It and, started to feel. Divorced from reality. Yeah. Not yeah. just because before that, it was, it felt surrealist comedy. But at that point, it started to feel like, wait a minute. No, I'm following an unreliable narrator here. Not that he's narrating, but I mean, like you a, know, mind, a yes, mind. Yeah. It,
1: yes. Um, so the only thing that for a second almost lost me for a second was there's a certain turn with the doppelganger father where it gets really dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, this like took a turn like I wasn't expecting." Yeah. But by the end, it made perfect sense, yeah. and it made yeah. character wise, and like what happens with um that relationship wise, yeah. like it, it made perfect sense. In it, in it,
0: um, well, and the fact that he's conflating memories of his father, yeah, because when you're thinking from the doppelganger movie rules, right, you know, this is a version of him, right? It is, but it's it's the version of you that you know, is your father. Right. And so it's a different kind of doppelganger moment. And you realize, oh, it's not a double at all. It's just he's remembering his father. Yeah, and he can see pieces
1: of himself in his father. And that's
0: why he was so sensitive when people were saying, uh, you know, oh, you really look like him. Yeah. No, no, not not totally like him. You could just tell that that was an insecurity his entire life Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to be compared to this, this man that had, had done so many things to, to hurt him.
1: Yeah. And I actually really liked the subtle, like there's like a underlying, like LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. like, like between those two characters, just their, their dynamic and how messy it is in, Mm -hmm. but they are still, they still love each other and, um, can like have a, uh, kinship in their differences. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a really great way of doing that kind of dynamic in that um, relationship. Yeah. Um, But, man, I, I actually really like... This is... On my list for best movies of the year so far. Really? Okay, uh, and that's saying I haven't seen a good
0: movie this year, really. Cocaine Bears on Peacock. <laughs> I Clint. know, and I'm going to watch it. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, so and we can talk Clint. about it. I'm so excited, it's Clint. It's only for you're you. You're going to hate it. I know. You're going to hate it so much. I'm doing much. it solely for you. You know what else is coming up? Ant Man. It's oh. about to come out. You know what you're going to think of that? You're going to hate it too. You think I'm going to hate it or just be like, eh? Oh, I think you're going to hate Ant Man. I think you're going to hate Ant Man. I think you're going to hate Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I think we're going to have a fist fight on the podcast. Did you like Ant-Man a lot? I, I, I liked it good. Okay. I, which is more than liking it fine. <laughs> good is better than I, fine. I had fun with it. Okay. I had fun with Ant-Man. Well, but I like the other two Ant-Man movies. You, uh, you'll you – I don't know. We'll, yeah. just, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, okay. you're going to – man, you're going to hate cocaine bear. All right. <laughs> well, that brings us to Denis Villeneuve, uh, his 2013 mystery thriller Enemy. And uh, this stars Jake Gyllenhaal as a mild-mannered college professor who discovers a lookalike actor and delves into the other man's private affairs. Uh, I watched this, um, I think, it's the same time as you, right, when this first came out. Yeah, we watched this together. Yeah, but we didn't see it in the theater, correct? No. Okay. Uh, we watched this together. Uh, And I enjoyed it, but I I will tell you right off the bat, I don't think I appreciated it properly. I don't know if you had the same experience the second time, but I I noticeably uh, found myself liking this movie more Mm. this time around. What did you think of it, Clint? Well, when it first
1: came out, and this was one that I wish if we had more time, I would have made us do this too, the same year the double by Richard Ayoade came with out with Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg came out and that came out a bit before this one. And I love that movie.
0: Yeah, like it's, a really, good it's movie. a
1: really great movie. Uh, stylistically music is great in that movie. Jesse yeah. Eisenberg is great in it. Um, it's kind of like in that, um, sweet spot for me of being like Brazil, yeah. it's got a Brazil like undercurrent to it. And that's, Perfect for me.
0: Well, and when you had mentioned about we could do the enemy or the double, yeah. I went with the enemy. Uh-huh. That was my recommendation because yeah. I wanted to watch it again. Yeah. I knew I loved the right. double. Yeah. Um, but I was I was curious. I remember liking enemy, but I wasn't sure I, would I, it sour, would it improve?
1: Right. I, I hadn't seen it since then. So mm-hmm. I was I was on board with that your your thought process there. But um I so yeah, this was the first time I had seen it since 2013, Mm -hmm. 14 when it came out, and I I think I definitely enjoyed it more this time. Mm -hmm. I I, and there was very little I could remember about it, Mm -hmm. so it was almost felt like going in fresh. There was like key sequences that um, popped out in my mind that I was like, oh yeah, okay. but yeah I enjoyed it. I I think it's still a lesser Denis film.
0: I 100% agree with you.
1: But I like it as kind of like this exercise. Yeah. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal is good at as the two different characters. Um and this this movie has such a weird tone to it. It almost it feels like kind of being lost in space because it's mm-hmm. almost just him in this big city like floating. Mm-hmm. It feels like like cuz there's a weird like I can't even to, like compare it to another movie as far as, um like the cinematography. It's very yellow. yeah, it's very strange
0: color palette for me, everything feels out of sync. The visuals yeah. feel out of sync. the music feels the music, out music of, feels yeah. out of sync. He's certainly feeling out of sync. Mm-hmm. it It almost feels. And that's I, – I agree with you. It's it's one of his lesser films, but not because it's worse. No, no, no. Just because there's there's not the level of ambition to it. Right. It feels as if the, the assignment was, you know, can you create an entire tone visually and, and audibly and everything else around a character where everything just feels out of sorts? Mm-hmm. And just tell what's, you know, otherwise a simple character study – in a very unnerving yeah. sort of environment. And there's nothing inherently unnerving, but again, it's it's things like how yellow the color palette is. Yep. You can feel that there're colors off-putting missing, color, And it's a very off-putting color. You can feel that there is the the score is dissonant at times, mm-hmm. but it also feels like a score that would underscore a melody. But there's no melody there, yeah. and, and it's just different little things like that that I really tuned into this time. Uh, realizing it's it's really it's saying, and I still don't know that I know what he's really going for with this. Uh, but it was it was far more effective, and it felt more intentional this time what he was going for than, than the first time I watched
1: it. Yeah. And I feel like there's some like thesis statements, like there's in this, like, as far as what he's trying to say, mm-hmm. like early on there's a moment where he's giving a lecture at uh, his college that he is a mm-hmm. professor at about like dictatorships and, um, uh, the rise of authoritarianism, authoritarianism mm-hmm. and like how the tools that they use mm-hmm. to, um, Get people like kind of indoctrinated into that mindset and like comfortable with the idea of like dictatorships. So, like the whole movie is kind of like centering around this idea of like control and like the the different characters are wanting control in different things. Like, um, uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal, which one is Adam? Is he the professor? Is he the I can't remember. Anyway, the professor Jake Gyllenhaal, either Adam or Anthony, um. Like wants control of like just any aspect of his life. He's just he's kind of wandering and like floating and like him and his girlfriend are like just have almost like this relationship that they're you're not sure why they
0: stay together. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems out of convenience or because this is what we should do. Right. Rather than something that's out of happiness or joy or or right. Like we've been
1: doing this a long time. Let's not break off what's kind of working. Yeah. Um And then like the other, the kind of movie star or like actor one is like, he kind of fears control and he sees control. And that was the whole thing with the spiders too. He like sees women as this controlling thing that has ensnared him and he wants to break out of this relationship. That he has with this woman, who is, I guess, his wife, who is pregnant, and he just sees this as a trap, and he can't get out of. And so he's going on all these like sexual journeys and like these weird, um, like lower nightclub, like dungeons where women are doing strange things, and he he wants to like he wants to have the control yeah. over in that kind of uh, dynamic. But can't find it, but it can't find it, or look, yeah. is looking in the in like spots where it's like. Not actual control because mm-hmm. you're paying for it, yeah. Um, so there's like the whole thing is that was interesting, like watching it again and like kind of getting all those dynamics, yeah. Um, but I at the same time, there's it, it just another thing that I after because I've seen the double quite a few times, mm-hmm. and this they're both
0: going from the same, like, um. Uh, Someone questioning their identity because something's thrust in front of them that is enough like them, but not enough like them, and it it, it bothers them. Yeah, and they're based on the same source material. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say.
1: But the thing about comparing why another reason I wanted to maybe do that one is comparing and contrasting these two because they are from the same source material, mm-hmm. um, and something I didn't remember from this one, at, but – Compared to the double, the double, um, Jesse Eisenberg's character is kind of the beta, like the one you follow, and there's an kind of alpha, like I don't like these terms, but that he's threatened by. That he's threatened by, that yeah. he's gonna take his life. But in this one, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who is the professor, he's kind of the aggressor in mm-hmm. it. And he, like, and it kind of I like the dynamic of them kind of switching roles mm-hmm. and like one is taking gonna take over one's life one yeah. and instead in one moment and then the other, it kind of flips and that, that dynamic was really interesting in this one. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, (laughs) I, I would recommend it. Uh, I, I agree with you. Sorry. Was
1: I going on about the, like, do you have
0: anything else you wanted to add to that? No, I just, when I agree with you, like, I'm not going to be that guy that just sits here and says, yeah. And then repeats all your stuff. No, no. Just like, I just thought I was going really good kind of place to end it. Okay. No, don't, don't get all insecure, Clayton. I just want to make sure you had your say in this oh, movie. Oh, I definitely did. Okay. I, it's all good. No, a lot of times you will uh, unpack a movie in exactly the way I would. Okay. So rather than just repeat it, I'm like, what he said. Okay. Clint GPT. All right. <laughs> uh, our third and final movie was our Cinetron pick. Uh, if you recall, I was kind of excited when this one spun mm-hmm. up. I I really hope Clint likes it because it was one that I really enjoyed. It is from writer-director Riley Stearns, and it is about uh, a woman named Sarah who, upon receiving a terminal diagnosis, opts for a cloning procedure to ease her loss on her friends and family. When she makes a sudden and miraculous recovery, though, her attempts to decommission her clone fail, leading to a court-mandated duel to the death. Clint, what did you think of Duel? Um, Well, this
1: is by the director who did The Art of Self-Defense. Correct, um, which we both love.
0: Which we both really love. I think we both put it on our top ten that year. I think so.
1: It's definitely one that sticks in my mind as being um, a great one from that year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was expecting to go in— like with that kind of sensibility. Mm-hmm. And um, I generally really enjoy Aaron Paul's performances, mm-hmm. and it's always funny to see him outside of the Jesse character. And like, <laughs> this
0: and is definitely not the
1: Jesse this character. This is not the Jesse character. Yeah. Um, and Karen Gillian is always great. So mm-hmm. th- it had a great cast from the start. I, I, um, I think compared to the art of self defense, I didn't like it as much. <laughs> okay. I think because he has a certain way of um, a sensibility to his films where there's a very like deadpan, Mm -hmm. like where the characters are very monotone and that's kind of part of the charm and the the comedy of it. But I will say that um, the thing that like I was having a hard time with was Karen Gillian's performance. She was so good at the deadpan, monotone voice that Mm -hmm. there was a lot of time I I, like maybe rewatching it. Like the comedy went over my head and gotcha. I missed a lot of the moments. There are certain scenes where I was cracking up quite a bit, and I I actually really enjoyed
0: her her and Aaron Paul getting ready for this the training the training oh, where they're doing I love him so much in those scenes where
1: they're doing like the slow motion like enacting of like what is going to happen and how I, we counter certain moves mm-hmm. was so funny yeah
0: um and it felt very much like they did it differently every take and it was improv and they're yeah just, yeah they're having fun and they're trying not to crack each other up <laughs> <laughs> because it is definitely not rehearsed, he definitely does not come across as somebody who knows what he's talking about in those moments. It
1: felt like kids playing yeah, in yeah. in the best way. Yeah. Um, and those moments I really enjoyed. I think, um, I think the trailers gave away too much for this movie yeah, too. I, I agree with you. Where on that. there was a lot of like the early part of this film, where it was just like I felt like I had seen it already. Yeah. Because the trailer just
0: lays out what all this movie is. And I was fortunate enough, when I first watched this, it was not after a trailer. Yeah. Uh, that was just something when I went back this time and watched it, I watched the trailer first. Mm. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, this trailer really shows a lot of the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just because I remember it. And then when I watched it a second time, I'm like, no, that that's really not a great trailer. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, but I, hear I, you.
1: I, I did enjoy this movie. Yeah. I want to watch it again with Jenny because she really liked the art of self defense
0: yeah. too. Um, and I, I think the art of self defense is tighter, yeah, and has more fun. Yeah, uh, it it's it doesn't feel just stuck on one concept. It feels like the concept lends itself to the characters. Yeah, whereas this one, the characters have to lend themselves to the concept. Um, and so just just in general, I think there's more to enjoy in Art of Self-Defense. I
1: think the Art of the Self-Defense works so well because of the um, like um sensei character in mm-hmm. that one is so outlandish. And yeah. man, that guy, I can't re- remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but he nails that so well and gives them all something to play off of. Yeah. And you just buy into that this guy <laughs> is this guy. Yeah. And it's so funny. And this one, I felt like the, like, especially Aaron Paul, he's good in it, but, like, he's not to that level of being that kind
0: of character. Yeah. And it's also very clear this is Aaron Paul.
1: Yeah. Playing
0: yeah. a character like yeah. this. Um, rather than... It, part of the fun of it, in, in my head anyway, is this is the polar opposite of his Jesse performance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm aware of the fact that Aaron Paul... Is swinging wildly against type, yeah. and that's playing into the joke of it for mm-hmm. me. And I think that's intentional. But that also would that performance register as much if I had no idea who that actor was? I don't think so. Yeah. But with the guy from Art of Self Defense, you know whether I had ever seen him before or not. Right. That part really lands mm-hmm. and and lands laughs. Yeah. So I I get what you're saying. But
1: um. <laughs> I, I, it's definitely worth watching, and I want to revisit it because I think there's certain things that I'll, I'll catch as far mm-hmm. as just comedy wise, because sometimes that's the best comedy yeah. like that you don't pick up it on on it first, but then it kind of, becomes like stuck in your head and you, you get, you, you can get it. I don't know The I will say one of my favorite jokes in this is where they're um, the two Karen Gillen characters, the two, uh, the clone and her are in the car and she's like, Oh, I don't know how to drive. And she's trying to explain to her um, like how she thinks it works. It's like, Oh, you, you press that down there and then you press it again. And then you turn the round thing. <laughs> so you want to go left or right? And he's like, Oh, I got it. And <laughs> At the end of the film, her, <laughs> they don't they don't acknowledge it all, which is no. a perfect joke yeah. where she's driving the car and it's just banged up to hell. And you can you're just like, oh yeah, she never
0: <laughs> and she's just faking that she knows how to drive.
1: Yep. It's such a good joke. Yeah. Um, and there is like I that's what I'm saying, like rewatching it, there might be more subtle things like that that um are just kind of low-key. Yeah.
0: Um, it's worth watching yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, my my rewatch, I didn't enjoy it as much as I expected. Oh. I, I still really <laughs> like the movie. It's just yeah. when I watched, this is the first time I had watched it again. Yeah. Uh, when I watched Art of Self-Defense, I think I've seen that movie yeah. five, six times. Mm-hmm. And I just find new things and I laugh somehow harder each time I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I've recommended it to all kinds of people. So I was I was going into my second viewing of this, expecting a lot of that. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's definitely stuff there. It's not, it was not a dry second watch. It just it didn't have that same this yeah. this is in my pile of comedy classics, right? Kind of feel. Yeah. Uh that that art of self-defense really hits that sweet spot and can just hit it mm-hmm. every time I watch it. Yeah. I don't know that this one is as, as effective as, yeah. as that. But that's that's not to, you know, uh criticize it at all. It's it's still I just it's it's a fun flick. Uh it really um the premise really is fun. sinks into its premise. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't it it takes it very seriously, it takes it to its natural conclusions, it doesn't pull any punches, uh, but it you know, it has that same kind of deadpanned uh humor that yeah. just really uh Has fun with its own genre. Well, I mean, and actually, this fits perfectly in
1: with, like, Enemy, Mm -hmm. where the clone double is taking over her life. And, like, that was her, like, goal. Like, that was her thing that she was built for and made for. But then it goes to uh, a a degree that she was not in planning on yeah. um and uh that i really liked that her dynamic with like the boyfriend
0: character that was that was fun and uh it's good yeah yeah, yeah it's good <laughs> um so uh linoleum we both thought was uh was quite the delight and uh, definitely check that one out. That is not one where you have to pay twenty dollars to rent it. It's not one of those new films, even though it's fresh out of theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie. I think uh, I think I got it for five or six. And um, so I, I like it's those on lower it. Which rent one are you talking about? Linoleum? That was yeah, linoleum. linoleum. Yeah. yeah, it's a five or six. Um, Enemy uh, is been out for a while uh, and is and is really good uh but on hbo max yes i think clint and i would both agree uh if you have to pick one watch the double uh of those two that came out around that same time period with jesse eisenberg uh the double is one i want to go back and watch this week because it it is a lot of fun and then finally duel uh from riley stearns it is uh, a good bit of fun clint finds it good i find it it Very good. So. <laughs> and it's D-U-A-L, not
1: D-U-E-L. Yes. You'll be led down some paths, like, of really crappy, like, 90s action yes. movies. Yes. Yeah.
0: Or I believe that's also the title of the, um, Ste- the old Steven yeah. Spielberg mm-hmm. uh, man versus truck movie, <laughs> which a lot of people swear by. Maybe it's great, but definitely not this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's give Cinetron a spin and see what it throws at us this week.
1: I got something This kind of seems out of the ordinary from what we usually do, and I'm okay. going to try to describe this. Okay. This has gone well before. Yeah. So I was recently I, – I put this on the wheel, and I didn't know if it would ever land on it because we've had movies on there for years and that just have never come mm-hmm. up. But this came up right away. So recently I saw um, Karen Calkin on the Hot Ones mm-hmm. um, interview show mm-hmm. doing – Highly Hot, recommend. Yeah. It's Lots very, of fun. Very funny. And he was talking about this thing that him and his friends do called Dangerous Bangers. Dangerous Bangers? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, this is I'm not intrigued. something my chat GPT came up with. I okay. promise. Clint GPT, Clint. trademark registered? Yeah. Okay.
2: Um,
1: and this is a thing that they do where they um, revisit movies that they remembered being bangers.
0: Okay. Like, the, a gra- so that they loved. They loved. Once they upon they a time. thought
1: were great, but they've been too afraid because they were afraid it would be bad. And they would rather keep their memory right. of so a then great they, film they than s- risk it being bad. Yeah. So then they revisit oh. the scene. does
0: it hold up? Oh, I like this. Yeah. I have a lot of those, honestly. They're sitting on my shelf. I could go and look at my shelves <laughs> and pull movies where I own them, yeah. but I refuse to watch them because I'm terrified of what happens if this thing I love that shaped my adult self. Yeah. Is is bad sort of, sort of like I, you know I didn't have some great love for Doppelganger, but that's the same thing that happened when I went and watched Doppelganger. Yeah, I had these memories of this really creepy Cronenberg ass horror movie, right. and then I went and watched it. And I'm like, what is this? Other than the oh, this has Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I oh, I'm so in on this idea. Yeah, I love. I it. thought it was a fantastic. I love it. I'm I'm a little scared of what I'm committing to though I know, because yeah. to make this right, I really gotta got a risk. Yeah. I gotta risk some things that.
1: Oof. So we're gonna have to find a couple that we both have this okay. experience with, or we're okay. just gonna
0: have to do like a back and forth or whatever okay. it works. I don't know. However, however it comes together, because we could also do like a lightning round too. Yeah. If uh, if we did some main ones and then just all right, what else did you get to instead of like a what you watch and we just did a yeah uh, uh what did you call it bangers dangerous bangers uh, dangerous bangers <laughs> lightning round where it's just uh, oof okay. It's All fine. right, I'm I'm scared yet excited. I know this is this feels dangerous, like a dangerous banger. It feels dangerous to go back to these bangers. <laughs> I think we should call this something that doesn't infringe upon someone else's <laughs> registered trademark that I don't they know if announced it's registered trademark. Yeah, but they announced it to the public. Maybe we should come up with our own names. Okay, yeah, we'll will we'll figure could be, it out. Uh, yeah, something better than Doppelbabble. <laughs> Please, <laughs> it's so much Please. fun to say. All I can think it's of, so
1: much fun to say. All I could think of was Double Mint gum and I, like, I just kept
0: thinking about those twin commercials from when I was a kid. If you've been listening since the beginning of this podcast somehow uh I'm which, sorry for congratulations you. we're sorry but thank you. Uh, in our first episode we talk about uh, how we were trying to come up with the name for this, and we knew we wanted Senna in it mm-hmm. uh, because uh, for whatever reason, and we just started getting ridiculous and punny mm-hmm. with Senna. And my still to this day, my favorite one was uh, Senna Toast Crunch, <laughs> <laughs> which really. I, there are days I love the name Senna Battle, but there are days like, man, should we have called it Senna Toast Crunch? No. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I, you do the artwork, and I think there is a <laughs> fake box of cereal where it's you and I eating. Yeah, like a film reel shaped cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah uh, on the on the cover of this cereal box. You, and think you in could, those letters, cinnamon toast crunch. You think of a segment that would go along with that name, and we'll make it, Clint. I have a segment that would go along with that. He said that not remembering that I have pitched this segment six times, and six times I have been told no. Here's the segment. We get cereal, (laughs) and we audibly eat the cereal on the podcast. You can tell we're legitimately – it's not sound effects. We're legitimately eating cereal. And while one person chews, the other person talks about movies. And while that person chews – the other person talks about movies. I have pitched this many times. And for some reason, ye of Clint GPT continue to I'm, uh, shoot this one down. I think it's genius. I must have mind wiped myself because I, I just people, did not want to Clint, remember this. Clint, it's it's what is that called? ASR or whatever? ASMR. People love people uh, doing things with sound. They love people chewing. People love on, to hear people chewing. Yeah. Please don't even that that was, that was awful. That was my own chewing and that disgusted me. So yeah.
1: Imagine an hour of
0: it. We could probably put down a serious but amount would, of cereal. But it, that would time. This right. it would have the Cinecrunch. Crunch. Cinotas I feel like this is as bad as when you made me do accents. And just People were gonna dislike it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I know well, I am. Write in, because if you want to hear this segment, this incredible segment, Senatoast Crunch, uh, <laughs> outvote Clint. Maybe you have a better idea for what it is than eating cereal. Maybe. I, I'm sure there's a way better idea there. I also loved, what was what was the other podcast name I came up with that you absolutely hated? <laughs> um, Man, uh, it was, oh, what's the Kevin movie? <laughs> we um, Need to Talk About Kevin? We Need to Talk About Kevin. Yeah, my my podcast title was We Need to Talk About Movies, the only podcast based on the hit <laughs> indie drama. We Need to Talk About Kevin. It's the only movie we talk about? I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right, Clint. Uh, this has been episode 79 of Cinebabel. As always, you can find us at Uh You can also find us on Instagram at Cinebabel. You can send us uh, messages there. That's the quickest way to get it to me, or you can send an email to contact at cinebabelcast.com. Uh, also, throw us a couple of stars, uh, preferably more than a couple. Throw us five stars and write a little review, even if it's nonsensical. Uh, but, uh, you know, help people find us. Always a good time. Like I said, this is episode 79. And uh, Clint, I guess this is us signing off.
1: I guess so, Ken. I guess so. Have yeah. a
0: good one, Clint. You too. Bye. Bye bye.